we're starting our readings this morning from Isaiah, chapter 29, uh, beginning at verse 13. The Lord says, These people come near me, near to me with their mouth, and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? In a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll and out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Once more, the humble will rejoice in the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. The second reading is from Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 15, uh, beginning at verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain this parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them.
when I finished uni and was working as a pharmacist, I had plenty of moments where I found myself thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And surprisingly, that didn't particularly worry me because as I looked around, I saw I wasn't the only one. There were quite a few people that felt that way too. I, uh, I worked in a hospital uh, with, and um, worked with some young doctors there as well. And I watched them and I thought, they don't really know what they're doing either. But we were all young and so it was okay. We, we still had plenty of time to figure out what we were doing before we were fully unleashed on the world. So in a way, it didn't really matter too much that we felt like we didn't know what we were doing. But you know, there are some people who never really shake that feeling. They have what they call imposter syndrome. They actually do know what they're doing. People, you know, like doctors or pharmacists or lawyers or whatever, they've been like in their profession for years. They actually are quite good at what they do. But still, they, they feel like imposters. They feel like frauds. And then very occasionally, you do actually get people who are frauds. Like occasionally, there are people who pretend to be doctors and even do surgery on people. I mean, it's hard to believe, but it really does happen. Like about six years ago, here in Australia, in New South Wales, there was a guy who pretended to be a doctor in hospitals there, and he'd been doing it for 11 years. In the 1950s, there was a man called Ferdinand Damara who pretended to be a, a naval surgeon. And he ended up doing 16 surgeries on people, including chest surgery, where he removed a bullet from a man. A few years ago, there was, there was a man called Christopher Dunch, who was an actual doctor, but not qualified to be a spinal doctor. And yet he worked in that area, even though he had no idea what he was doing. What he lacked in ability, he made up in appearances, in charm in self-assurance, and he fooled hospital boards and other doctors, and he charmed his patients, and he ended up doing spinal surgery on people that he didn't really know what he was doing, paralyzed some, killed others, until his license was revoked in 2013, and eventually he was put in jail for life. Now, I could handle seeing an imposter doctor about a cold or a rash, I reckon, but when it comes to spinal surgery or, or, or heart surgery, I don't know about you, but my preference is to see a real doctor at that point. Don't you reckon? There are some things that are, that are just so important, that are so difficult to get right, that the idea of putting your life into the hands of an imposter, it's terrifying. It's the stuff of nightmares. But it's not always easy to spot an imposter. They're expert at hiding themselves and convincing others that they're the real deal. Sometimes they even manage to convince themselves. Today in Matthew's account of Jesus' life, there's a wrestle that's going on. There's a wrestle that's going on between who is an imposter and who's the real deal. And we see that when it comes to matters of the heart, when it comes to matters of being close to God... You really don't want to place your spiritual life in the hands of an imposter. That's actually worse even than going under the knife of a fake doctor. Today, we, we see some people come down from Jerusalem to check Jesus out. They're Pharisees and they're teachers of the law. So these are the religious guys, the Bible experts. They're the ones who, who look good. They look like they've got it all together. 
They look upright, uh, responsible people. These are people who, who don't suffer from imposter syndrome. They see themselves as the real deal. And so they've come down from head office to do a bit of an audit on Jesus and his ministry. They're here to see whether they should label Jesus as an imposter or not. And even before they get there, you, you, you get the sense that they've pretty much made up their decision about him already. Because straight away that they find something that they're not happy with. Look at verse 2. They say, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, their issue is not one of hygiene. Their issue is religious purity. The elders taught that, you, you know, you might accidentally touch something that was unclean and then that could defile you spiritually. And so you should wash your hands to keep yourself spiritually pure and actually their issue is not even not even really about spiritual purity their real issue is that jesus is letting his followers break tradition who does jesus think he is not coming under the age-old rules and accepted practices of their authority system now in their mind this is, is this is like an open and shut case Jesus is a rebel operating outside the system who needs to be put in his place. He's an imposter, a fraud. But we see that Jesus doesn't play by their rules. Instead, he goes straight to the heart of the issue in in what must have been really awkward for everyone there. He answers them in verse 3 by asking them a question. He says, And why do you break the command of God For the sake of your tradition. They thought they were playing the trump card. But Jesus points out that they're not even playing the right game. They should care about the commands of God. And with just one example, Jesus powerfully exposes their hearts to show that what they really care about is their traditions. Basically, they said that if someone pledges money to the temple or or some other cause that, that they approve of, then they could turn their backs on their elderly parents. They could say, sorry, mum, I'd love to help, but I've pledged this money to God, and even though I haven't actually given it away yet, you're just going to have to go hungry. They, They look super religious, super generous. Spiritually, they look hardcore. You know, they look like they're putting God first above all else. But God never gave a command like that. God's heart, And his command is for parents to be honoured. But the problem is they've put their own tradition above the word of God. And Jesus, he reacts so strongly to this. Because it's not like they've just made an honest mistake. It's far more serious than that. Look at what he says in verse 7. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These experts, they've come down to see whether they should give Jesus their seal of approval or not. But suddenly the tables are turned and they find themselves being told by Jesus that he considers them hypocrites. He considers them imposters, them frauds. Jesus says they say all the right things, but their hearts are so far from God. If you are someone who hates hypocrisy, by the way, you should love Jesus here. And if you especially hate 
religious hypocrisy, then you should especially love Jesus. Jesus can't stand outward appearances. He can't stand pretense and and show that that's not authentic, that's not genuine. doesn't matter to him how someone looks. What matters is, is where their hearts are at. And this is just so important that Jesus doesn't keep this as a private debate between him and these experts. Instead, he, he calls the crowd to him and he, he uses it as an opportunity to teach them that keeping human rules and human traditions and expectations are useless. Jesus says external things like this, external things like unclean hands, they're not the problem. And they're not the solution because they just can't touch. They can't get to the heart of the problem. Because he says the real problem comes from within us. Jesus says we're defiled from what wells up from within us and then comes out of our mouths in what we say. Now at this point, the disciples are getting worried Maybe it was because they were actually secretly hoping for the the Pharisees' seal of approval and it's not looking likely that it's going to happen. Maybe they just didn't want to make powerful enemies. Whatever the case is, they're, they're quite worried. And so they say to Jesus in verse 12, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? What do you reckon? Do you reckon Jesus knew that the Pharisees were offended when he said this? I mean, calling someone a hypocrite? It tends to have that effect, doesn't it? Telling religious people that their worship of of God, you know, that God thinks their worship is a waste of time, tends to have that effect. Obviously, Jesus knew this was offensive to them. What's fascinating here is that the disciples seem to have missed just how wide is the gap between Jesus and these religious people. Jesus is not saying, oh yeah, we're we're more or less on about the same things. We've just got a different emphasis. Now he's saying their approach to God is completely and utterly useless. Caring about traditions. Caring about outward conformity. Caring about human rules and human expectations. Rather than caring about God himself. And his commands. Jesus is saying that is just plain horrible. Look at verse 13. He says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But we see that this is still confusing for the disciples. They're so used to thinking of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law as as the good guys, the role models. They just are struggling to get it. And so the disciples send Peter to ask Jesus about this some more. And it's so important that we do get this. It's so important that we get that enforcing outward conformity is completely useless. That Jesus at this point is very blunt with his followers. He says in verse 16... Are you still so dull? Are they still unable to see that the problem runs so deep that it's actually negligent of the Pharisees to think that they can offer some kind of solution by things like washing hands? 
Jesus explains just how deep the problem runs and just how useless their solutions are in verse 17. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth and goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Jesus is saying here that that we all have a heart problem that is never ever going to be cured by external religion or external rules or external rituals or tradition these things can't even touch the problem because the problem is internal what makes us unclean before god is what comes from deep within our hearts the desires of our hearts the thoughts of our hearts can be just so toxic they are what make us unclean before god not dangerous things somewhere out there dangerous things deep in here imagine it like this you know if you think about killing someone you know you just sort of let that idea turn around in your mind you you toy with the idea for a bit because you hate them or if you think about having an affair with someone and and you just entertain the thought for a while and then you get up and you go and wash your hands before you have lunch have you done anything of any use to make yourself clean in God's eyes. No, because no external rule or ritual or tradition is, is going to touch that kind of darkness that lies within our hearts. No giving money to the poor. No going to church. No volunteering. As good as these things might be, they just can't make us clean. And in the end, all human religion is like this whether it's got a a Christian badge or it's some other religion in the world, no external religious practices or observances can deal with the problems of our heart. No human effort at all, whether religious or not. No education, no following a moral code or a philosophy. None of these are adequate to deal with the problem of our hearts. We need a far greater solution. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they're like fake doctors. They want to put a a band-aid on someone having a heart attack and then send them off to die at home alone. And they're actually worse than that even because they're trying to slander the one person who can actually heal people's hearts. So what is Jesus saying to his followers here in this passage? What's he saying to us here? Is he saying to you today, don't be a Pharisee? Is he saying, don't honor me with your lips, but then have a heart that's far from me? You know, is Jesus here saying to you, right, you should examine your heart, examine your life and see if you're an imposter. You should see if you're you're actually a fraud because you know what? You probably are. Sometimes that's the way we we hear passages like this. Some of us have imposter syndrome when it comes to our faith. We we feel like frauds. 
we feel like we're just waiting for Jesus or someone else to call us out. And especially when we, we look at all the other shining, happy Christians raising hands, we can think, I'm not the real deal. I don't have it all together like them. But here's the thing. Jesus' message to the crowds, his message to his disciples, his followers, is not, don't be a Pharisee here. Did you notice that? His message is, don't be guided by people like the Pharisees. Don't waste your your time and energy caring about what they say and what they think. Look again at what Jesus literally says to his followers in verse 14. He says, leave them. They are blind guides. Jesus' point is is not that we should feel like imposters. It's almost the opposite. His point is that we should not be impressed by imposters. We should not be impressed by those who can only ever touch outward appearances. We don't need to be intimidated by people who look like they've got it all together. Because we know what really lurks within each and every single one of us. We know none of us have got it all together and none of us have got the answers for how to get it all together. Because none of us can cure the darkness of our own heart, let alone the hearts of anyone else. Jesus' point to us here is don't be fooled by people who promise us external remedies but, but don't actually touch the heart. Don't go under the knife of you know, a fake heart surgeon who's really just a makeup artist. Now, in many ways, our world is full of people like that, actually. Our world is full of people and religions and ways of life that, that are actually all about outward conformity. You know, we think and we say we're, all, we're on about authenticity, But then Facebook and Instagram and TikTok say something completely different. We're so drawn to fit in, to conform in external ways. What's fake is presented as reality and and sold to us as what we really need. We're told that as a culture we're on about diversity. But then as a culture we get there by enforcing outward conformity. You see it in political correctness. You, You see it in virtue signaling. We're all about using the right pronouns, the right products, the right styles, the right behaviors. And so much of what we're on about in our culture is outward conformity that doesn't actually touch the heart. Even parents can slip into being about outward conformity. We can lead our kids into thinking that what really matters is manners. What really matters is doing well at school, playing nice being nice, looking nice, sounding nice. But outward conformity, it it doesn't touch the heart. And even churches can slip into being all about outward conformity. We can lead people to look a certain way, speak a certain way, behave a certain way, do certain things. But the great danger for all of us in all of this is thinking that these things actually touch our hearts when they don't, because they can't. Jesus very powerfully here shows us that the problem lies within us. It's our very own hearts that defile us. And so we need a guide who actually sees into our hearts. We need a guide who can actually do something about our hearts. And Jesus is a guide like that because he alone is a king without borders. 
His rule extends even to the the secret thoughts of our hearts. He alone sees what what our hearts really are. And yet, He alone doesn't turn away from us in disgust, but turns to us in love. He dies to purify our hearts. He wins our hearts for God. And then He leads our hearts ever closer to God as we love Him more and more and love the dark things in our hearts less and less. Now, this is so different to the blind guides who love to look good but really don't love God at all. Guides who promise to make us look good, talk good, seem good, but in the end, all they can really do is lead us to turn a blind eye to the state of our hearts, which they can't touch. One way I think that we're particularly vulnerable to blind guides as a community here is uh, that I sometimes see people assume that those who seem to know a lot are great followers of God. Have you come across this? People assume those who seem to know a lot are great followers of God. People assume those who, who taught the talk, you know, those who look and sound good are good. While meanwhile, their hearts can be far, far from God, far from His mercy, far from His commands. Just because someone is knowledgeable or just because someone puts their hand up to lead or looks clean and pure and and speaks the language of honoring God, that's got almost nothing to do with actually being close to God. If you've ever been hurt by a, a hypocrite like that, maybe a pastor, maybe a parent, maybe a spouse, if you've ever been misled by people who who would try and conform you to their expectations but not actually move your heart any closer to God, know that you've got a king who hates that kind of hypocrisy more than we ever will. The kind of leaders we need are people with a great awareness that Jesus alone is the guide we need. Jesus alone is the heart surgeon we need. The only people who will help us spiritually are those who point us to Jesus because they know that he alone will lead our hearts to God. This part of the Bible, rather than making us despair and and feel like imposters, it should make us just so relieved. We don't follow an imposter. We don't go under the knife of a fraud. We follow Jesus who actually knows our hearts and loves us nonetheless, deals with our hearts and then leads us on a journey that draws our hearts ever closer and closer to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus, a king without borders, a king who sees our hearts, who dies to purify us and leads us ever closer to you. Lord, help us to follow him and to follow him alone. Help us not to care about outward conformity to human religion or human rules or human ways of life at all. Help us to care about bringing our hearts ever closer to you as we follow in Jesus' footsteps. And we pray in his name. Amen.